It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. Hey, Vanessa Ragland. Hello. Great to be here in the studio today. It sure is. A studio that's a lot like your apartment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Very I have similar. to live in the studio. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We've got a great episode coming up. We um, do. But before we get to it, as you know, we have to do a little swiffering around the room. That's right. Still a little bit of housekeeping before we get to our guest. This guy's a lot of fun. You You're will love enjoy it. it. Uh, we are pretty much completely listener supported. Yes. We have an occasional sponsor here and there. Um, but you know, we do have our costs, our hosting costs and other things too. Not to like host this podcast, but to literally like put it up on the yeah, internet. Yeah. Our hosting uh, fees for this podcast. <laughs> so that's what I mean by hosting fees. Not just to like do the show. There's no fee for that. We, it love doing it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, on our website, popmyculturepodcast.com, mm-hmm. there is a donate button. You can click, click that. Or, or tickets. Uh, you could click that. Any little bit helps. Yeah. Uh, and any big bit like helps even more. That's so. true. Big bits go further than little bits do. It's just Way economy, people. Uh, if you do donate to the podcast, though, we do give you a shout out on the air and mm. an annoying and creative way every week. And they are priceless. That's right. So uh, we just have a couple people we'd like to thank really quickly. And we're going to go old school here and do some uh, freestyle rapping, Vanessa. Give so me a beat. I'll give you a beat. You, uh, The names are written down here okay. and you just do what you need to do. Okay. 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 Here you go. I haven't done this in a while. That's right. It's been a little while. Oh, I don't have to do the beat. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. You make me believe that you're a really fine guy with a really fine girl who's got a good Indian hair weave. Hey, Glenn. Where you been? You gave us money and you got a nice chin. I would lick your face in outer space. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Now, Robert. Robert. A lot of Robert, you're really, really generous. Thank you, great. And I want to go for a ride on a date. Be my boyfriend. Be my boyfriend. Oh, Robert, will you be my boyfriend? Janelle, Janelle. Kind of sounds like anal. But we thank you for your donation. We think it's a great creation. So you can be my boyfriend. Just kidding. You're a girl. Thanks. <laughs> Wow. I've still got it. Yeah. Uh, well, Janadal is probably never going to donate again. And uh, beads. I think my favorite rhyme of yours was Robert, 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 da 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 Bobbert. I, Robert is hard that to was rhyme. You guys. You're right. It is. It's true. Thank you guys for donating. Yes. Uh, if you like the show, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. It's helpful. Mm. It helps bring ears to the podcast. I'm better over a recent one. Yeah. They called me a slurry mess. <laughs> In fairness, though, the episode that they referenced, I she was a, was a little bit of a slurry mess. So. I was excited. It was Paul it was, Tompkins. It was PFT, yo. Uh, so, uh, yeah, go to iTunes and uh, leave us a review there if you like the we show. We really appreciate it. If you don't, um, go and write a review for Adam show Carolla's like. show oh, or something yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Also, uh, you can email us. Yep. Info, info at popmyculturepodcast.com. Just to say hello if you want or to let us know any guest suggestions yeah. you have. Within reason, guys. <laughs> I've been getting a lot that are not going to happen. It's not that we don't want them on. It's just that they won't Georgia look Clooney direction. is not returning my calls. Georgia Clooney? <laughs> Georgia Clooney. <laughs> Georgia um, Clooney. But we do get back to your emails even if it takes a little while. So thank you so much for writing us and we love talking to you guys. Indeed. And if you like the show too, buy a t-shirt. Hey, oh, they're, nice. they're really nice. They're, they're on cute. our website. Yep. 
There you go. Uh, we're about to get to our guest, who you can see if you are in New York City <laughs> on July 6th at 7.30 p.m. He will be at the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade East in New York as part of uh, a show called UCB, CBGB, which is part of the CBGB so many Festival, uh, doing a show with uh, Julie Klausner and Chris Gethard. So, uh, and there's going to be clips, video clips, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. And he's also hosting a screening of uh, a really cool movie from the early 80s called Times Square. Yep. All part of the same festival. You can check that out at cbgb.com so check it out and see him alive oh and his name's jake fogelness but we'll get to that in a yeah, second when we know. officially introduce him and then uh one last little plug um there is a animated show called crogzilla gets a job and on episode five i play a fat pimply pink-haired bully there you go. so if you're into it it's uh on shut up cartoons channel on youtube and it's part of smosh tv and again that's crogzilla gets a job and it's uh written and directed by the very funny uh cory edwards who's also a listener to the show so thank you cory and uh, people should check it out all right here we go whoa too fast our guest today, uh, he's a comic, he's a radio host. Uh, you know him from things like VH1's I Love the 80s and Best Week Ever and his own TV show, Squirt TV from MTV. Jake Fogelnest is here. Hi. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It is nice to be here. <laughs> it is nice to have you. Again, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Okay, good. Oh my gosh. This has been the Pleasantries Podcast. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Bye. 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 <laughs> Would you like a cuppa? Um, I'm looking up on my phone right now because Jake Fogelnest just broke news at the table we've been busy this morning setting up for a podcast we had no idea what shit was going down on the internet but yeah. apparently the the biggest power couple in scientology is doing splitsvilles yep tom cruise and <gasps> katie holmes it's true it's on oh, it, yeah it, it's it's yeah it's on perez hilton tmz uh and, Whoa. and it's all a lot of great jokes on twitter in the last 30 seconds oh my <laughs> Is it because her contract is up? It's five years. I mean, like, that that was immediately what I thought. It was like, they're getting divorced at five years. So it's like, okay, five-year contract is coming her to close. Well, I mean, there was that theory at the time that, yeah. like, it was like he had auditioned people to be his lady and the oh whole thing God. was like a calculated thing because he wanted to show, is... like, how normal he was and... Yeah. I mean, she's picking me a weird time because... His body, let's just talk about Rock of Ages. Rock of Tom Cruise's abses. I got to I mean, see it still. I haven't seen it, but I've seen stills enough to be like, that <laughs> man. Because somebody put, a, <laughs> I don't know if it was going around on Facebook or if someone just realized it, but he's the same age as in that movie as Wilfred Brimley is, was in something. And they put like side-by-side shots of like, this is Scientology versus diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good ad for Scientology. Yeah. Did that was did the church release that? Is this... <laughs> Their PR people are like, oh, yeah. this is I got let's say, make a meme. <laughs> I would totally go to Rock of Ages if Wilford Brimley was in that part. <laughs> <laughs> Wilford Brimley is Stacy Jacks. <laughs> hey, so Hello, Cleveland. Uh, you ready to rock? I've got diabetes. Let's do this. I want you to want me. Here we go. Five, six, seven, eight. Ooh, I'm spent. I did not think when I woke up this morning that I would be saying Wilford Brindley and Stacey Jackson in the same sentence. I feel like when I get home, I need to Photoshop him in yeah. to the poster. That has to happen quickly. Somewhere. Pretty yeah. quickly. That needs to be on my website. I mean, there's probably already 10 of those on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Someone had to think the of that. The internet moves fast. Scientology.tumblr.com. <laughs> Okay, well, at least they got a really beautiful baby out of it. Yeah. They have a beautiful daughter. 
Wait, can you just imagine for a minute the guy who's like, yeah, I run social media at Scientology. Like, that guy's a bummer. <laughs> every every tweet is just like, want to take a personality test? <laughs> oh, man. Gross. He didn't want to do that. That wasn't his goal in life. He just saw an ad on the internet and he went in. He wanted to get into social media. He, yeah, he's just really into yeah. social media. It's just the gig he landed. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I signed a bunch of papers. <laughs> A tweet now. Well, like, Put together some crazy ass memes. Here in, in, in LA, the UCB theater is like across the street yes. from like the yeah. Scientology fortress. From the, from the celebrity center. From the celebrity from the, center, yeah. Isn't that gross that that exists? Um, I, I like it. I like you that. You like that? Well, I, I like so that. Like, I think that there's, if you are in a, like a weirdo cult and you are a celebrity <laughs> and you're, you know, if you're committed to that life, then yeah, you should have like some sort of weirdo cult castle to go to. Why not? I mean, it's just like, okay, if you're going to do that crazy thing, then really do it. So yeah. All the other crazy people though, once you start getting crazy within the cult, like, oh, these people are way better in our cult. That's when I don't like it. Like, why can't they all go to the castle? You don't like, you don't like the elitism yeah. of Scientology. <laughs> because if you get in the club, you should get into the castle. Like, that would be the right. biggest bummer. You spend all your money, you do all the tests, you believe in Xenu, and you still can't get into the fucking castle. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, I'll just hang out over here. Hey, that's showbiz. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, a lot of people are magicians, but they're not all performing at the Magic Castle. All right? Exactly. It's yes. a select few. <laughs> Only the best of the best. Blah, blah. You ever done the Magic Castle? Yes, I love it. I'm dying to go. I haven't been it's yet. It's the best I, thing. It's, it's pretty fun. It's, the it. food is awful. Be prepared for that. The you drinks have are delicious. Yeah, the drinks are good. But how is the magic? The magic, the magic is spectacular. Is, it varies. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's have... great. Sometimes it's like, meh. But if it you get early enough, you're... you can see so much that you're going to see something good. Because they have like wandering magicians through the castle. And then they have... Close-up magic. Close-up yeah. magic oh. is always good. Or yeah, and it's really good. exciting. What's usually not very good is the big show. The big show is always like, this is 1980. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this woman with always perm hair and like a red velour... <laughs> it's like someone's assistant. Like if you enjoy da, flowers da. being conjured over and over and over again, well, where do they the come from? <laughs> How do they do it? But then they have a little cave where they do, like, not as close up magic, but like. It's just a smaller venue, but it's really impressive because those are people you feel like they are reading your mind and stuff like right. that. But it's so campy. It's the campiest. I just love camp. It's, it's, it's really, really nice. fun. I mean, I recommend going at least once. Yeah. You know, you have to know somebody to get into it. You have to be you have to know a magician. You know, it's like joining Soho House. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only less. <laughs> I think that my favorite magician this last time I went was this guy who was like way downstairs, kind of in this tiny little room. That's the room, I mean. Yeah, he cave, was like yeah. doing, like, it was this like older gentleman who was kind of like a Southern cowboy kind of guy. Ooh. He was doing all this rope magic. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> really awesome <laughs> and he had a really good like dry sense of humor and delivery like it was like you've got to if you're doing the rope magic circuit that's right <laughs> you but, gotta yeah, be a real was, cowboy the rope magic circuit <laughs> yeah we came up on the rope magic circuit we did all the uh you Way know great these young bucks yeah the great rope magic venues all across america <laughs> there's three of them <laughs> look i was making twine disappear when you were in diapers son best learn some respect yeah i'm really excited i'm in a level one rope magic class <laughs> Um, it's, it's a long road ahead yeah. of me, but <laughs> a lot of people are just trying to get into, you know, they, they sign up for the rope magic class. They think they're going to be on rope magic night live, like immediately. Yeah, and it's not, eyes. it's not about there. that. They're it's about learning the, it's the about craft. the process. Yeah, too. It's the process. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an art. It is an art form. So here's something sad. 
Oh, great. Because that's always good. We're having a good time. We're laughing. Let's talk about something really depressing. Does Uh, it rhyme with Maura Nefron? It does. Nora Ephron passed away at the age of 71. Kind of... Uh, no one really knew what was going on with her. Like, there's rumblings that she had had leukemia and she's kind of sick, but she still had two projects in development. She was supposed to direct some stuff, and it was just all of a sudden the variety headline popped into my inbox. Yeah. Well, I had read the, like, Liz Smith sort of published an obituary before she died. Yeah, Yeah. So there was all this speculation on Twitter. And then there were people saying, oh, that's too early. She's, like, there was a little bit of a debate going on, and then the next day. Yeah, it was was very confusing. Yeah, her publicist, like, immediately jumped on this and said, like, no, she's not dead. Oh, so sad. But she was dying, evidently. Yeah. Yeah, she was was amazing. Like, such a good, like, master of the rom coms. Baby fish mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that's been going around today. (laughs) Baby fish mouth. It's it's the best. Baby fish mouth is finally sweeping the nation. It's been waiting long enough in the wings. (laughs) Yeah, it's so sad, but it's one of those people, too, that, like, um, no one has anything bad to say about her. You know, anybody that's ever worked with her has been sort of tweeting or posting or writing about how great she was. And she had all these inspiring quotes about how she was doing what she loved. Like the most you look at that person and you think, well, at least they had like such a full life. And they gave so many people so much. It's not someone that's like, oh, that's a a tragedy in one sense. It's a it's it is a tragedy, of course. Yeah, but at Tom, least Tom Hanks a, wrote like a nice thing about it. I know, her. I saw Lena, that. Lena Dunham wrote an amazing yeah. piece for the uh, for the New Yorker, um, and Lena and and Nora had a, had a relationship. They were really good friends, and and she was sort of a mentor. And mm-hmm. it is it is a very personal and moving, wonderful. Piece. It's great. It, it mm. made me cry, oh. and I'm kind of a jerk. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I it really did make me cry. Surprised that she was 71. I just didn't think she, like she was that old when I saw Nora Ephron dies at 71. I was like, she's died. 70. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just for some reason. I guess we're all getting older now, too, and yeah. just realize everybody else is as well. But uh, uh, there's some people that are just frozen in an age in your head, and you're like, that's yep. where they stay. Oh. David Letterman is 350 years old. I know. When I read that, I was yeah, like, it's really amazing. Wow. Well, he is Elvin. <laughs> so they have that kind of life expectancy. So He looks great. He looks so great. He does. Props to you, Dave. <laughs> Uh, okay, we so always say that on the show. Props to you, Dave. Props to you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've seen the props to you, Dave uh, bumper stickers. <laughs> we, we printed some of those. Yeah. yeah. They're all on one car. Yeah. They're all it's on true. your car. It's true. But... It's covered in just bumper stickers. <laughs> props to Dave. Right. It's catching on, though, because people people see it and they wonder, like, what's that about? They're, they're like, it's on the, the windshield, though. Yeah, it is hard. It's dangerous I've to drive. I've a few that. accidents. I bet. Yeah. But, but the cops are always like, It's great cool for bumpers. daytime vampire driving. <laughs> yeah. Fans are safe in there. They can cruise around when the sun's out. Speaking of, Eric's <laughs> body has never looked better. Oh, True, true Blood? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the greatest. Oh, my gosh. It's, I'm so fine with watching those slutty, stupid, whatever. Bring it on. I'm in. I love that show. Giddy up. See, I don't watch it. My wife does, and I've definitely been like in the room doing things on my computer or whatever when she's watching it. So I've she's seen She's definitely thought a about lot Bill or Eric while she's having sex with you, so deal with it. Great. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, though. Like, Okay, so... When there was this sort of Suki was trying to make up her mind. Suki. So, I'm sorry. So, why did I say Suki? <laughs> Suka. Yeah. Why, when Suki was trying to make up her mind between uh, Bill and Eric, yeah. like that's any contest right? at all. Like Bill's like the most boring. Wimpy. Awful. Just broody, dumb. Just a big wimp of a shithead. Yeah, he's a dickhead. Yeah, like it's just, you look at that guy, and you're like, oh, I know you're a vampire. I know you, you're a dickhead. Yeah, and Eric is just like a, he's a badass nightclub anyone owner. Wanna he's ride. like a, yeah. he's a sleazy nightclub owner who looks good. Like that's he no looks contest. Really good. Yeah, he's so tall. Yeah, 
I, Done. I, I, I just I don't understand why that was a you know like what what is she trying and to? And P.S. Why is Tara still alive? But, well, I mean, isn't that the best thing they could have done yes. for her yeah. was make her a vampire because it was like it's it justifies like her being awful now. <laughs> but it makes you want her to die so bad. Like in that scene, yeah, I was just like, let her die, let her die. <laughs> please let something go wrong with this. My so, favorite for is Steve you, <laughs> For those of you in seasons one or two or three, spoilers, get your shit spoilers, together spoilers, and yeah. get. Catch up, yeah. yeah. I love if you watch True Blood, you should be obsessed. There's yeah. no medium. Yeah, and you know what? Watch The Wire already. Enough. <laughs> no, I don't like to do that. I don't like to yell at people for um, like if they haven't seen a show because yeah. there's you can't see every show you anymore. Really it's impossible. There, like I, I'll tell you this: I've only seen the first season of Mad Men. I know I'm an idiot. Yeah. I know, but I just and and The Wire. I finally watched like all in one setting only a couple of years ago. Just it's, yeah, you can't I'm, see everything. We're on season five of The Wire. We just started that. It's we've so we've kind of been like watching one. Summer, more or less. I watched the killing stuff. in two days, just like two weeks. Yeah, ago. I just powered through all that. I've seen all of it now. Oof. You've the, seen season two too. I've seen season two. Oh, I'm so jealous. Uh, yeah, I, uh, the wire. That's a nice thing to do is to spread it out. I, I just basically the month of December 2010. The only thing I can look back on is I watched the wire. That's it. That's that's all that got. <laughs> but you got it done right before New Year's. Yeah. So that's like look who's on top. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely there's like so much out there now. It's so readily available that yeah. like it's yeah. you know oh I guess I could stream that entire thing like. Well, I was was I talking about that with you? I don't remember, but uh, like the killing for me, whew, I got very frustrated with the way it ended. Like very, and I watched it so fast that stuff seemed cheesy or it was like really repetitive. But when like when you're writing it for the intention of one a week to be spaced out, I think it would have felt good to watch it, you know, like in its own time. But powering through it was like not satisfying. See, for me, it was the opposite. I loved powering through it um, because it, it, it's really, it's like a, it's a procedural, yeah. like a very dark but procedural. But no fucking resolution. But well, there is, but not till see the end of season two. I'm not going to spoil anything here, but basically like they're working a case for two yeah. seasons and everybody just kind of assumed it would follow the model of everything where they're working a, a case for a season that at the end of the season it would be solved. It's not solved. It just opens Which up more question marks. Which made me so cranky for like three days but see i knew that going in because i remember i heard everybody like was pissed off about it so when i started watching it i was like "Eh, this will be fine i know it's not going to resolve itself and then this is how i felt about punky brewster like oh yeah it just raised more questions than it answered (laughs) and it was very very frustrating i know because season one ended with an itch you could not scratch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Season one ended with her uh, adopted dad just going, Punky, yeah. uh, for lunch we're going to have... Mm? <laughs> and then you had to wait till season two. And then she two. looked at the dog and was like, Brandon, <laughs> yeah. to be continued. One of my friends is locked in the deep freeze. <laughs> it's an actual episode of Punky Brewster <laughs> Cherry got locked that in a refrigerator. me so Why much. Is that? What? Hide and seek. That's how it started. Hide and seek. She hid in the... Re- she hid in the deep freeze. Do you think it was like the writers of Punky Brewster were like, well, you know, I read that Back to the Future it wasn't going to be a DeLorean. He was going to get in the refrigerator. And so they thought pe- kids were going to try to get in the refrigerator and lock themselves in. Maybe there's a show in that. Oh, like, there's a show in that. Like weird, specific Back to the Future trivia <laughs> then turned into an episode of Punky Brewster. And then at the end, little Soleil Moon Fry does like a kids don't hide in the refrigerator. Like that, they needed to yeah, the bring that know, point home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they needed to do that. Okay, PSA. good idea. 
Ooh, I got really scared of the refrigerator after that. I would have never got. It never would have occurred to me as a kid <laughs> to have hidden in the refrigerator. That's like, don't until don't they put your hamster out. in the garbage disposal for hide and seek time. Right. Duh. That's a horrible <laughs> idea. It's a dangerous, horrible idea. Funky, have you seen your friend? There's, I mean, there's a swimming pool out back full of gasoline. <laughs> you wouldn't be hiding in there, would you? Cherry. No, no, cherry. <laughs> I'm just going to have a cigarette, Funky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a sad ending. It really is. It's tragic. <laughs> you just made a really sad ending. Tragic. Did you guys see Brave? What, uh, the movie Brave? No. The oh, is that the Disney? It's the yeah. Disney movie? I'm no. seeing it this evening. Well, I want to do a spoiler alert. <laughs> what? Don't spoil something on here. <laughs> it came out like a week ago. People don't have to see it yet. <gasps> oh, fine. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. I will, I will spoil something for people, Bra- though. With Brave the, the spoil anything. It. Spoiler, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is crap. Thank Whoa. you. I, uh, I, I, explain to me how that this became a thing. Because all right? of a sudden last well, okay, week, it's, I just had to deal with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And I was like, well, okay, so this is a film. It's, okay, it's exists. written by Seth Graham Smith, who wrote the book. He also wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So he's kind of doing these mashups of okay, so that kind of got stuff, a, right? He's, he's got, got a stick. And the concept yeah. itself is kind of clever. Right. And this whole thing but like kind of kind of i mean let's be (laughs) i I mean a little more reserved with our clever an interesting idea there's something there to it well it's interesting like george washington zombie fucker like that's that's really interesting wait a second no 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 that's really interesting (laughs) george washington zombie fucker That that now talk about raising more questions than it answers. <laughs> so, what is what is the premise of that? George Washington is uh, well before Mary came along. George yeah. had attorted. Well, he was in the woods. He was in <laughs> the woods. Right. And were then, these zombies his slaves? No, they all happened upon him, and they were going to eat his brains. And he said, "Why don't you eat my dick instead?" <laughs> wow. And then, and then it's just forty-five minutes yeah, of extreme, extreme graphic sex between yeah. George. <laughs> <laughs> and then he becomes president, and he never wants to talk about it. Right. This is pre-president. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's a clever concept. <laughs> no, it's really clever. <laughs> Here's the the problem with this movie. It takes itself a little too seriously for what it is. Oh no! So there's it's not like a there's big like, campy thing. It it is inadvertently, but it's not meaning to be a lot of the time. Oh. So like there's these dramatic scenes <laughs> that everybody like, no. in the theater is like cracking up at, but it's not meant. They're not to be kidding. Funny. Oh. And then the action sequences, some of them are fun, but some of them are just stupid. There's this one. It's by it's directed by that Timur Bekakafrafa guy that did Wanted. Oh, um, okay. So it's like it's really stylized and over the top. Oh, I know. You're um, but there's this scene where Abe is chasing this vampire that he's been trying to get for a while, and they fight. Gross. They fight through. They do this giant fight in the middle of a herd of stampeding horses. So there's all these CGI horses running, like hundreds of them, right? And there's all this dust kicked up, so at least you know you can't quite see what's going on. <laughs> but literally, they're jumping on the back of these horses, running on these horses. Like at one point, like the vampire like picks up a horse and throws it at him. Oh, it's just the no, thank you, dumbest thing. Wow, no. and yeah, it just should have been more fun than it was. I kind of it's in three D it too, right? Yeah, I didn't see it though. I just saw it in two D. But that's the thing; people are rebelling against going to. Like, I saw Prometheus, and I didn't know that it was in three D. We went to see it in two D, and then I found out afterwards, like, oh, I could have seen this in three D. And I think that that movie that one's good in three D. Might have benefited from three D, but uh, but th- it was sold out. It was a bunch of people who like chose not to see this in three D, which is weird. Yeah. Well, a lot of that was it shot for three. It was. It was shot on three D red cameras. Oh and, wow. Um, it was conceptualized, and it's more immersive. 
immersive 3D as yeah. opposed to like things jumping out at you. So like it's it actually was a great three. I saw yeah, it in 3D I, because I knew it was meant to be that meant way. To, that's yeah. how I will see 3D movies if they're shot right. in 3D. If it's an weird afterthought, yeah. like oh let's if make it's more a post conversion, yeah, which Abe, Abe Lincoln was a post conversion though. I guess he conceptualized some of the stuff in 3D, but just shot it on normal 2Ds and then did it post. That's stupid. But there's a website that I will just type in whatever the movie is like 3D or not 3D, and this was one website that like rates movies that are uh-huh. in 3D based on like a scale of different things and lets you know whether it's worth seeing. In 3D I think you mean not. 3D or not 3D. I Basically. like the, right? I, it's like to be or yeah. not to be. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. What it is? It's a, it's a Shakespearean. It's a it's a thing it, from Shakespeare. It's very clever. Yeah, it's <laughs> so clever. Whether it is nobler you guys, in the I minds have the worst of viewers. Question right now. 2D. What is 1D? One 1D. One what? What is the 1D? Um, How could you have 1D? Isn't a movie 1D? Stick figures? What's the difference? It's like I'm it's like hanging out with Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. What's one D then? What? What is one D? Because uh, you have one D, and then you have, you, and then you need more. This is five D. five D. We're in five D right now. <laughs> We're going to sell out the theaters in five D. All right, so there's this show I have Wait, to talk about. Nobody knows. Oh no, no one can answer. My question. nobody's nobody's dignifying <laughs> nobody's it with an answer. <laughs> Wait, how is a stick figure 1D? Is it 2D because it's moving? That doesn't make sense. 1D. <laughs> Have I ever, ever, ever t- t- pretended to be an expert on dimensions? You you have on your website, expert in Ds. That's true. <laughs> and now I'm pushing you on the issue and you've got nothing. Oh, do we have an answer? Well, 1D is like a flat square. Yes. A flat square is 1D. <sighs> but the movie... So just a Trump is 2D. Square and then a cube, you know, is 2D. Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> a cube would it's, be It's 3D. about time somebody took on dimensions. <laughs> you know? <laughs> say it like it is. Blow that whistle. Okay, and now I'm just going to say for Brave, the hare is the star of the movie, and there are too many bears. That is my entire review. <laughs> okay. Hare is the star of the movie, too, too many, many bears. bears. I'll keep that in mind. Right, see you tonight. Uh, all right. There's this show that I have to talk about because it's maybe Get it the out. dumbest show I've ever seen in my life. It is called The Choice. It is on television. Uh, That's like the worst title already. Here's what it is. It's hosted by Kat Dealey from SYCYTTD. I love her. So sad she's in this. Here's what it is. There are four bachelors or oh, bachelorettes. It yes, chairs. it has the chairs. I saw the pro. Ugh. There's four bachelors oh, who okay. ha- are in spinny chairs, like like the voice, like, like the, the voice. voice. Yeah, people are like Ooh, people like rhymes. spinny chairs. Let's put it in more shows. Like I love them chair. chairs that move. So the bachelors have their backs to these bachelorettes that are coming down the thing, and they have 30 seconds to say why these people should turn around. It's like an old school dating show. Yeah, sort of. So these these gals are like not. They're, they're kind of slutty. They're kind of short dresses. They're kind of dumb. These gals. I thought you were and, being so gentlemanly. They're kind of slutty. But they are, though. I mean, like, they come out and they're like, hi, guys. Um, I'm from Atlanta. And, uh, and sometimes they say their dimensions. I'm not even kidding you. So, like, I'm how 2D. Is that, like, uh, I'm a professional dancer and I'm a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. I'm uh, really into uh, snowboarding and I, I, I want to. This girl sounds great. Like, they're all kind of like that. And then, of course, like She's the, really fun. the second yeah. that they say something like, like, um, I'm a professional dancer. They all turn around. They all turn around like at the most like uh, okay. shallowest or whatever. Like, okay. But Wait. here are the guys that have been on this thing. I saw two, watch two episodes Wait, of they it. They turn around. 
what what? They, once they turn around their chair, <laughs> they're interested. Yeah, and yeah. then out of the guys that turn around, the girl gets to choose which dating pool she wants to be oh, in, like which guy no. she has a chance to go on a date with. And then uh, each guy this shows on the History Channel, right? <laughs> each Bio. guy gets three gals in his dating pool. So after they go through all the You're girls, saying each gal, three, so much to uh, So okay, these so, dames are on this uh, the dating program. So there's some broads, real <laughs> slutty broads. The guys can't see their gabs. All right, <laughs> that's the hook. That's the hook. Sheet. Some of them have cankles. That's right. They don't know. But that's the thing too is none of them are unattractive. Right. It's not like there's like this woman that comes out that's like a, this amazing Trolling. personality and who's like 300 pounds right. or something. Like they're all like just like hot chicks. So when you hit it, like of course. You want to hit it. Exactly. You're like choosing like which of the hottest chicks have a slightly better personality Should have called the show Hit It or Quit It. Oh, yeah. That's what they should have called it. So the guys – okay, I watched two episodes of it and um, the the last one I watched, the four guys were Rocco Despirito, the the chef, chef, uh, the situation from Jersey Shore, Taylor Hicks from American Idol. (laughs) Wow. How'd they get him? And and, uh, Warren Sapp, the football player running back. Uh, Warren Sapp? Yeah. And then the one before that I saw was Joe Jonas, Michael Catherwood, who's like... Was that the premiere? Joe Jonas isn't going on a date with these anybody. I mean, this, that's ridiculous. So okay, so after the first round when they get their dating pools, yeah. The second round is that now it's like rapid fire interview thing. Each of the girls Aww. goes up to them. They have fifteen seconds. To, like they talk to each other. Like uh, so boxers or briefs. Boxer briefs. Oh, gross. Uh, do you like cats? I love dogs. <laughs> uh, what's your ideal vacation? <laughs> Time. And they turn around. They each just do that once, and then from that, the guy sends one of the girls home of the three. And then the final round, uh, they ask the, they they ask play the, the girls. They play the $25,000 period. Exactly. <laughs> they ask each of the girls the same question like, um, you know, the so-and-so is a snowboarder. He's really adventurous. What's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? Like yeah. pageant questions. And then from that, he goes and hugs one of them that he wants to go on a date with. And then they get a ends. hug? Yeah. And then the next episode literally starts with a recap of the date that they had had from the previous episode, like a 10-second recap. Does anybody like, say we'll be back in two and two? No, no two and two. No triple <laughs> rate. It's like it's, – it's basically t- the swivel chair meat market is what this show is. Ew. Wow. It's That's a good title. Awful. It's wow. so bad. And, and like it's doing pretty well in the ratings. But the fact that Cat Dealey's there made me sad. I'm like oh. this thing is so like – Below her. Lame. But – It's no so you think – It you works work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Works, work. that, that sounds just like Cat Dealey. <laughs> <laughs> it works work. <laughs> I take what I can get. <laughs> Anyway. I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, I saw something really similar. I saw, I think they aired it for the first time nationally. I'm not sure about that, but the Hooters competition. I heard Hooters this was on USA. television. Yeah. yeah. I caught some of it. It was, it sounds like kind of like that. Like every girl was like, um, hi, I like football. I'm working to my doctorate. <laughs> like I'm putting my, like while they're wearing like the I have a valid bikini. question. Yeah. Can everybody stop being the worst? Right? Please? Yeah. <laughs> just, just stop. All these girls ended their wishes with like, I'd like to be a pediatrician and a Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. And one of them was like, I'll never, I'll always remember my time in the orange shorts. <laughs> like that's the era of her life. I oh, do wow. love it when they're like, I'm working on my doctorate. They're and- all working on 
my doctorate or going to grad school. I was like, can we call bullshit? Yeah. At what point can we call bullshit? <laughs> One of it's them was like, she wants to be a doctor, but she's undecided <laughs> about going to college. Like, that was her thing. Wait, that does, you Currently can't. undecided about going to college. But I'm working 19-year-old Brandy would like to be a, like a child pediatrician, but she's currently undecided. But she doesn't want to do the work <laughs> to get there. <laughs> so please, somebody marry this chick and give her a million dollars. There's an internet pediatrician <laughs> course, right? <laughs> Because I think I'd be really good at it. I, I'm going to start a pediatrician Tumblr. <laughs> I can like, be a texting doctor, sick. right? <laughs> I just text the patient. They just text me what they're thinking. and I No, your them. entire generation is screwed up. Leave me alone. <laughs> F-Y-I. F to the Y to the I. Well, you, uh, well Cole's got something. I bet it's better than mine. Sure. Uh, did you hear that Ann Curry was fired from the Today Show? Yes. Yeah. And the sad. day before she left, they <laughs> ran this graphic. Did you see this? No. no. It was like showing like like there was some sequence. Did it just say LOL bye, bitch? Basically. <laughs> it was some sequence coming up to promote uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World uh-huh. with a little headline on it. And it's right underneath her face as she's talking. It says like, here today, gone tomorrow. Oh. Like wow. literally, yeah. It's There's a still of it on the Wait, internet. Wait, I just don't understand because I guess I don't care. But what? <laughs> who? who's the bad guy in this situation? Is Ann Curry the bad guy? Uh, is I th- I think it's just uh, I was think, she just unlikable basically yeah people just didn't like her yeah. the ratings on the Today Show were down yeah. Matt Lauer is a, a national treasure and was just sort of like I don't want this uh, I don't want her around I don't anymore want a sourpuss it, next to me yeah and I think it was uh, I mean I don't care so I'm not really yeah. invested yeah. like in who the bad guy is it's you know I just assume NBC I right. assume it's the Peacocks probably yeah, that damn Peacock it's like they just never gave they didn't do enough like crazy stuff with her like they should have sent her into space or something yeah yeah, yeah. right then people would have been into that there's no today show correspondent in a satellite right now now it's uh You're now right. tim curry is the uh <laughs> the obvious the replacement <laughs> <laughs> moving through the curries and then green curry red curry <laughs> <Anning> curry <laughs> <laughs> they're all moving in uh also uh the newsroom premiered on hbo yeah it did 2.1 million viewers the new Aaron Sorkin show. Yes. Uh, people have varying uh, opinions on this show. <laughs> Your uh, opinion is good. My, right? My opinion? Yeah. I, I, I just think there, it exists in a different world than we live in, and yeah. I love it. They're, like Aaron Sorkin, uh, no, like, no one talks the way that right. people talk yeah, in Aaron does. Sorkin shows. Yeah. And, but the way that people talk in Aaron Sorkin shows is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. It, is liter- it is literally ridiculous, and I will watch every single episode <laughs> of it. It is insane. It is, um, it is Studio 60 times a billion. I love it. I watched, And it's terrible, well, and I love it. I watched the um, pilot, and I loved... Sports Night mm-hmm. and West Wing, but I felt like this feels so dated. It's just like well, yeah, because it takes place in 2010. That's what Cole said. It's like <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Like it was two years ago. Chris <laughs> dated. Yeah, it's, it's very dated. It takes place two years ago. It was a so different Aaron world. Sorkin can rewrite the news and make it right. Like that's the whole thing. It's like when that graphic comes on, and, you know. And I and if you haven't seen the pilot by now, you really should get your shit together. And I, I hope I haven't ruined it. But like, there's a graphic that comes on about halfway through the first episode of the newsroom where. It, it's it it makes it clear that this show now takes place in 2010. It takes place in yeah. 2010. We don't know until this graphic yeah. comes up. And 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 it's like, oh, of course. So Aaron Sorkin can go back over the last news stories over the last two years and rewrite them to his satisfaction. <laughs> 
and it's like of course just comment and comment yeah he's got a great cast i mean it's a really, oh, yeah. it's a really great cast and everybody can handle the dialogue oh, they, like and, and I, that's the thing when i was watching it was just like oh my god it must be so hard to memorize all this Ooh, that first speech yeah, that jeff daniels does what, damn from what i understand he, he's such a perfectionist with his dialogue if you say don't instead of do yeah. not or something he'll be like you got to do it again yeah oh. like it's that like you can't be well and i've heard that um like with social network, but with other things, he writes. He writes it, and then he reads it out loud into a, a like a recorder of some sort, and then he sends that to whoever is doing it, and is like they have to go scene by scene at the time so that he, he read it li- out loud. He gives line readings via MP3. Yeah, basically, yeah. it's like this wow. came in at one minute and thirty seconds, and that's what you have to get it. So they have to do the takes. And while he's giving this information, it's a walk and talk. Right. This right. comes. So- this comes in at one minute and thirty seconds. If you don't get it at one minute and thirty seconds, look, I can't even explain here's to you the catastrophe that it's going to be. So we've got a big thing over here and this thing. Oh no. Also, uh, here's some gum. Chew that. Rub your belly. Yeah. You Somebody's got a trip over here. The wacky guy. Oh my god. Woof. Yeah. It's for me. It's like I just love his dialogue yeah. so much that it's like i know no one really talks like that and i think he said something in an interview it's like about Dawson's like <laughs> about like you know like yeah people don't necessarily talk like this but like i you know this is television like do i yeah. if, if i want to hear people talk like they talk i'll just sit on the bus that sounds like matt albie yeah that's who that sounds like it sure does <laughs> it's television it's more important this than is life. how it works <laughs> there's a great um I don't know what it's called on the internet. A little compilation of Aaron Sorkin. The supercut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was amazing. It's so great of like the same lines he's used in different shows. Aaron, and it's like seven minutes. It, it's it's forever. It goes on forever. It's every Aaron Sorkin show uh, movie. Yep. So it's uh, A Few Good Men, The Social Network, uh, Studio 60, Sports Night, The West Wing. And it's the same lines over and over again. The, ex- he the recycles same quotes, dialogue. The whole yeah. – I mean like not and even a moment off. It's, not paraphrased no, either. No. No. The same dialogue. And there's seven minutes of that stuff yeah. from the history of her. I mean, it is awesome. Yeah. It's like when he writes a good line, it he's, goes on an index card. Yeah, he's like, right. damn, we're bringing that back. Yeah, no. And I would have never known. No, I like, had no idea. That, I mean, the cool thing is the performances are so different. It's like, like he uses the lines verbatim, but the relationships are different or yeah. whatever. And it's fun to see all these great actors, the way they deliver it different. But it's so funny how exactly he just is like, I'm a keeper. That's a good one. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was perfect. It yeah. was exactly like, of course, Aaron Zirkin yeah. does this. Yeah, and, and although his stuff is not necessarily always great. Great. It's never uninteresting. No, yeah. it's never I mean? bad. It's never, and it's never yeah. stupid. <laughs> it, it's mm. there were certain Studio sixty episodes. I didn't watch Studio sixty. I, what? Did. What? <laughs> How dare you? Bullshit! How dare you? We need to stop down right now. It's all on Netflix. Go watch it. Uh, um, you're behind those Twitter accounts, right? The my um, are we allowed a, to? Here's this, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 here's the story behind that. Um, uh, there's a guy named uh, Seth Reese who uh, is a head writer at The Onion. Mm-hmm. And um, Mike Desenzio works at over uh, at Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, they're friends. And, and he was trying to get Seth to join Twitter. And Seth's like, I don't want to join Twitter. And he's just like, well, you should do it. it should. And so Seth decided I'm going to create Matt Albee 60 and tweet as Matt Albee from the Studio 60 show, the fictional character Matt Albee. So I saw this. Desenzio re- retweets it. Uh, and, and I saw it. And I and I think, oh, well, I got to create Danny Tripp 60. And I immediately created it. And so I started tweeting at Matt Albee from the first tweet. And Seth and I didn't know each other yet. We, oh, and you hadn't talked to we him had about never, it? We had never met. We'd never, it wasn't a prearranged thing. I just saw Matt Albee and I created Danny Tripp and we started going back and forth. And the back and forth went on. And then I got an email from, from Mike saying – 
do you that's my friend Seth like this is really funny by the way New York Magazine just wrote up that these Twitter's <gasps> accounts exist oh and it gosh. just immediately like took off because it was so ridiculous and specific so then eventually Seth and I like said well we got to meet yeah and it turns out we had like 80 billion mutual friends and we went and had dinner and then started collaborating very like it's this is how serious we take it it's it's the dumbest bit ever but he actually texted me this week it was like how do we handle the newsroom like 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 it takes place two years ago what do we do like uh do you know because because there are characters that we're, we're tweeting we exist now so how do we address the newsroom or all this stuff? and i said well i think we um address it like all these events took place two years ago and we stick in our modern time by the way this is my favorite conversation we've ever had and he's like me too but like almost like like Sorkin level intensity. What are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? But no, we just started because it was just the dumbest thing ever to start tweeting as if we are the fictional characters, the uh, the the showrunners of Studio Sixty. That is so. And we just and people started, uh, you know. It took off, yeah. But it took off within our weird alternative right. comedy television yeah. world. Nobody, you know, else. <laughs> but it got back to Sorkin. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it got back. My friend uh, Jenny Connor, who uh, who runs Girls with Lena Dunham, they were at some sort of event, and they said they ran into Sorkin, and they said, "Do you know that there are two dummies on Twitter?" <laughs> That are uh, pretending to be Matt Albee and Danny Tripp, and they showed him a bunch of tweets. and And, and Aaron Sorkin had the best, like he said, the best thing. He was like, "Ah, so those are the two guys that watch the show." Uh huh. Like, yes, that's the, like, what he more would you want yeah. from Sorkin? Like, oh, those are the two guys that watch the show. It's funny to me, like the fictitious like Twitter account. Like, I tweet as Nell, but not very often. <laughs> the movie that. That's great. Uh, but like, uh, like there's that whole T- Tilda Swinton thing. Yeah, that was good for a while, which is good, but like. What I did, the thing that turned me off about it a little bit was that like the guys that ran it were very much about like we run this, we ran this, we right. run this, we yeah, ran yeah. this. They put their names all and over it. It takes the magic out of yeah. Like, it kind of like is. like if you want to claim it later, yeah, claim yeah. it later or claim it on the DL or whatever. Like I've never like. If you wanted to figure out who ran the Nell account, just look at the one person she follows. Right, right. Well, Me. see that. See, I'm but, onto that because I, um, and it's not a secret, but I'm I'm running a fake uh, Twitter account for Prince. <laughs> it's uh, it's just it's at Prince tweets to you, and the only people that Prince follows are like Morris Day, Wendy and Lisa, uh, uh, Chaka Khan, <laughs> and Rick Santorum. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's like, amazing! And he just you know, so I've been you know, I love the fake Twitter accounts. Like there was a bunch of us when the Jack and Jill movie came out. I remember, that. I know Jensen did that. Yes, Jensen it, yeah. and some other and some other people who I would like to remain anonymous. It was like. Me and Jensen and and we just started tweeting as if we were the official promotional account for oh, Jack and Jill. So it got people, shut down. People it got shut down so quickly. Really quick. People thought it was real, and then like Movie Phone did a blog like what dumb uh, intern at Sony is behind the Jack and Jill oh Twitter. Oh my account. god, dude, it was hilarious. It was the best. And then they updated it like okay, and then like it, it just got too big too quick, and Twitter just said, I mean, it was story of my life. They was, were like they were. <laughs> They were also plausible. It was like, oh yeah, it, it was, was tweets like, you know, tell us about your Jill for a chance to win a Adam Sandler prize pack. Yeah, oh was, my gosh, it was, it was we stuff were, like that. We like, were trying to be like funny. We were just trying to really promote it. Well, when did when you Tim go on Eric drag? Best Shrek story stuff? gets a phone call from 
Alan Covert. Yeah, like yeah, that, like that. That. <laughs> I think I wrote that yeah, one. Wrote Take it. a picture of of your dogs dressed up like Jack and Jill oh, and yeah. win a phone call from Alan Covert. Oh my god! By the way, I really want to do a fake Alan Covert podcast where it's like, "Hey, this is Alan Covert. Welcome to the Covert Operation." Oh, gross! <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and my favorite thing is that Alan. I mean, go on Alan Covert's Twitter. His uh, his website is adamsandler.com. Oh. His website oh, no. is like Alan Covert, the Alan Covert or whatever website, www.adamsandler.com. He's a oh, nice guy. It. He's a own nice it. guy. No, I think he kind of does own it. Yeah, like, that's owning it. That is owning it. it. And uh, and he's all right. I like Alan Covert. But I do think he needs, if he doesn't do a podcast called The, the Covert, Covert Operation. Operation. He's really missing out on his next up, big thing. I'm going to do it. Uh, you better be I'm gonna, it. And, I'll just, and who, who if I got on and I was just like, hey, what's up? It's Alan Covert. Not doing an impression. Right. Who does an Alan Covert yeah. impression? Hey, it's Alan Covert. Welcome to the Covert Operation. Who would question it? No one would. <laughs> you guys That's wanna, the kind of beauty of a fake podcast. Yeah. Right. Do you guys want to do one? Like, let's just do it like once, like four times a year. Okay. It'll be called Podcast Away. It'll be the Castaway Podcast. It's all about the film Castaway. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's it. I think that's Smaller enough. I mean, it. there's enough in there. I think so. I, I'm, I mean, I definitely think the uh, extension of fake Twitter accounts needs to be fake podcast. Although me and uh, – eh, I'm not going to tell you about that. We're, we have a fun <laughs> Studio 60 uh, project in the works that neither, but both of us are too lazy to get off the ground. But it, but it will. But it will, will eventually. Because you just said it. So yeah. now it will be. <laughs> it shall be. It's going to be fun. So That's the secret. You, you had your uh, – we're going to talk a little bit about Squirt TV because sure. I mentioned that. Like you started Speaking it – Squirt TV, I have to pee. All right. Well, wow. That was awesome. Let's go live now. <laughs> <laughs> to the sounds of urine. Uh, Squirt TV. Yes. You started uh, in your house mm-hmm. uh, when you were, what, 14 or something? Yeah, this show. I had my 15th birthday, I think, like three months into doing the public access show. Nice. And yeah. it was in Manhattan. Yeah. And uh, you ended up getting some pretty high-profile guests fairly early on. It was It was really ridiculous because, like, I... My, my whole thing was I, I was like going to start this public access show. I was like, uh, you, you guys my, said to my parents, you guys going to let me do this show? And they're like, yeah, fine, whatever. Give us the paperwork. Because we'll, you had to get a, a legal guardian to sign right. off on it before they would give you. They'll give anyone a TV show on public access in Manhattan. It's really you fill out a couple of pieces of paperwork and then they're like, all right, you're on Sunday night at 1230. Drop off a tape. Right. Uh, so so I started this show uh, you know, uh, out of my bedroom and within like – Literally like two weeks of it starting, um, the theme song to the show was uh, Minimum Wage by They Might Be Giants from Flood. And two yeah. weeks yeah, <laughs> two weeks into – you know, you're, you have to imagine I'm a 14-year-old boy. There's no band that means more to me at that time than They Might Be Giants. And it's New York. I, I put a, uh, a phone number on the bottom of the screen. It was like a little voicemail and it would be like, hey, it's John Flansberg from They Might Be Giants. I'm watching the show. It's really cool. Like – what like that just there was an instant sort of acceptance that this was a show that was on and was cool and people should watch it like sonic youth like kim i, I got a call from thurston moore like hey it's thurston moore kim i saw on the show you, you want to get a haircut kim gordon will give you a haircut uh here's my number like that just that's it, it, it what happened 
doesn't happen. No, but it did happen. It was very, uh, it was very, very strange. Um, it was like, Hey, I'm a fan of this thing. Okay. Now here's the person during your life. And I think it helps that you were like 14, 15. Like if you had been like 20 or something, people might not have cared. But Uh, the fact that, you know, a young teen was was pre all the internet stuff of people being able to saturate it. it, So it was more a really unique kind of, there is nothing interesting about a 15 year old in their bedroom right now talking to a camera. It's literally the most boring thing in the world. It is irritating. Every 15-year-old is doing it. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was 1994. That was very weird. Right. That was a very unique thing. And and also, the stuff that I was interested in as a 14, 15-year-old, you know, like, what would happen was the show was on Sunday nights at 1230 in an era where you would still flick through the channels, channel surfing. Right. There was no guide that came up. Yeah, right. Flip that, through and see what was You there. would flip through and see what was on. And I was on channel 16 and MTV was channel 20 in New York City. So 120 minutes would go to commercial. People would flick through the dial and see like a Devo music video, stop, and then all of a sudden the Devo music video would end and I'd pop up. A 15-year-old <laughs> boy like, hey, so blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and people were like, what the fuck is this? It, it is a, I, I look back on it and like that it was a very specific time and a very specific way that people were consuming television yeah. that if it, it would not happen today. It was today. a perfect alignment. Yeah, it was a yeah. weird it was a weird thing. Um, and, and the show – and I was very nuts about having it be – a structured show. A lot of mm-hmm. stuff on public access was just, you know, some lunatics, you know, taking calls or whatever and or, or just, city council talk. Yeah, or just mm-hmm. or just like, you know, weird weirdness that wasn't very focused or anything. Yeah. My show had a cold open and a theme song and uh, you know, and then I'd come on and show a thing. I mean, it, it had like a format which right. I just sort of was very important to me as a which I think is very nerdy uh, for a, a 14 15 year old boy but it's also like really important. Well that had to be your whole life outside of Oh, it was like my whole putting life. Yeah. putting that Unhealth- together. Unhealthily so. Yeah. It was my entire life uh was putting together that show every week. How long like how long did you conceptualize it before you're like I'm just doing this? I, not very long. I mean, I, I mean, I guess fourteen years. It right. was sort of like you know yeah. something I'd always been thinking about. Yeah. I think the first time I be I got aware that anybody could do a TV show was like around seven or eight years old. Um, my dad got cable. He lived in in New York, and we got. Um, Manhattan cable and uh, I, I'm dying to find one of the boxes, the cable boxes, because it was this like brown box and you would push buttons on it. And I remember the cable guy came in and we gave him like $200 and it was everything. Yeah. We got every channel. That was when you could do that. Uh, right. We bribed the cable guy. Uh-huh. So we had cable and it was and – I, and I saw – public access for the first time and and it was literally any lunatic doing a tv right. show you know uh you know and i saw the porn on public access for the first time i didn't too. know there was porn on public oh yeah access. there there is there still is Does channel that still 35. happen it used to be channel homemade J. porn there was a show called uh interludes after midnight which was just a naked guy talking to some naked people they were just everyone sitting around naked just having a conversation <laughs> and then there was the robin bird show which is which they still run they haven't made a new episode of that in 15 years but they're running the old one and it's just you know hi i'm lie back get comfortable <laughs> snuggle up next to your loved one here's 
Astrid, and then Astrid would come out and strip. Oh my and gosh! Al Goldstein's Midnight Blue. He was the publisher of Screw Magazine. He's like a, a crazy man, a legend, and and. Anything was on TV and it was very inspiring to me because at the same time I had just seen all the John Waters movies for the first Mm -hmm. time because my parents were nuts. And like seeing that like, wait, Pink Flamingos, that counts as a movie. This counts as a TV show. I can just do this at that age was – the most inspiring thing ever. So, so by the time I was 14 years old and, and living in New York with my mother, it was like, yeah, I got, I got to do this. I got to do one of these shows. And Those things are awesome. so cool to look back on your life and realize, like, that's the moment when I realized this was a possibility. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because especially, like, I didn't grow up anywhere near any kind of entertainment hub, um, but it's like it was things like just watching your friends make movies and be like, oh, you can freaking do that. Yeah. You can do that. That's a thing people do. And I got really into reading like biographies of anybody that was somebody that I was interested in and just like anyone can make these things. Um, But I never made a public access show. Pretty amazing. So now you did that for a while and then you went to MTV with it. How did that happen? It was four channels away. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just crept up the channel. What happened was um, it became sort of like a cult thing on on public access uh, in New York City. You know, um, you know the Beastie Boys were, were fans of the show, and and uh, through the Beastie Boys and Spike Jones, there was this guy Ricky Powell who's friends with the Beastie Boys, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I told this agent at ICM about your show." And uh, what happened was so surreal. All oh, it's the, nuts. like yeah. no, but it, but what was even crazier is that these I, I don't remember who the agent was, but then this guy Ari snatched the tape out of this agent's hand at ICM. Uh, Ari was Ari Emanuel, who is you know Ari Emanuel. He's oh fucking Ari from Entourage is based on him. Right. So Ari um, got involved and <laughs> you know started sending it. Uh, uh, around and tapes of the existing tapes of the show. existing show, and then it was you know okay, well let's send you to MTV Spring Break and you'll do some stuff for us. MTV News came and did a, a story on me. Comedy Central like, and you're why don't you do a special for point? us? Yeah, I'm 15, 16. Oh my god! Why don't gosh. you do a special for us? And then it was a, a situation where um, MTV and Comedy Central both wanted to do the show and I had to make a decision. At the time, Comedy Central was before South Park. Right. You know, it was Pendulette still doing the voiceovers and stuff and MTV was the, it was the better home and the executives there uh, were were just more in line with it. And what happened was, yeah, it just became an MTV show. Um, We did pilots. uh, The pilot got picked up and it became a MTV show for six weeks. But that is just insane. I mean, that's like the most insane genesis of being like 16, 15. What are other kids doing at that age? Yeah, and you're like uh, meeting your idols and having to make huge business decisions. Yeah, which, you know, w- which would – nobody can handle that, which right. is why I did a lot of drugs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 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 which I, I obviously don't do anymore, but uh, – You had to get through it somehow. Yeah, right. and, and, and it did all you know, kind of collapse because of that, right. uh, which I'm incredibly grateful for now because it was too much too soon right. at 16 years old. And, and the Ooh. problem was I found myself in a situation where I was like, oh, I know everyone. I can meet everyone. Oh, I haven't, stu- like, I, I haven't studied or figured out my craft in right. any way at all. This is like I have access to everything well, and I have no 16. idea what to do with it. Yeah, and it's so fast. It's like now yeah. all of a sudden I have access to every single thing, but I haven't had time to think past what I was doing. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
So uh, I'm very grateful that I was able to sustain beyond yeah. it. You know, I really – it could have been the end of everything. Right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, let's do first. Oh, yeah. That point in the podcast. We do a different first question every podcast. Uh, this one um, might not be quite up your alley, but you're, since you've lived a long time in New York, uh, what was the first Broadway show you ever saw and did you like it? The first um, – I, I know the first – off Broadway. What is the first Broadway show that I saw? I know the first off Broadway. Like I remember seeing Little Shop of Horrors at the mm. Orpheum um, on Second Avenue, uh, like the original run of Little Shop of Horrors. Wow. And that was unbelievable. I was really into. Uh, I saw so many Broadway shows, but I can't remember the first one. Little Shop of Horrors, I definitely think is the first one that pops to mind. But that's off Broadway, um, and I was really into uh, Rocky Horror. I went to see Rocky Horror a lot with my dad uh, and that movie. was when you were really young right? oh yeah no it's so, so inappropriate um <laughs> i was like seven eight years old oh my god going to see but i'm grateful because it was at the a street playhouse which was the big theater in new york city where rocky horror played and became a thing so crazy and then i did you know ended up doing, did seeing it on broadway when they brought it back with like joan jett and dick Cavett. Uh, yeah i saw it too that was fucking yeah, great it was pretty neat. um yeah i saw i went to see a lot of um broadway shows just you know, living in New York, we go right. pretty often. I think Little Shop of Horrors, though, it was technically off Broadway, was the first thing that I saw. I'll take it. Yeah, well, that'll, that'll count. I think that mine. I lived in upstate New York for a while, so we would go to New York a good amount, and I saw a lot of shows, and I still love to go see shows. But I don't really remember the first one. The first like Broadway show I feel like had a big impact on me that I remember. I it wasn't on Broadway; it was touring, and it was in Toronto. Um, Phantom of the Opera and I was young but it was at the theater that was built to do Phantom of the Opera and it was so just like immersive and huge because up until that point I'd seen so much community theater and seen seen so many like I was the kid that watched Into the Woods over and over on tape like every PBS you know Broadway show or anything that would be broadcast I watched all of that but it was the first time I remember because that show feels interactive too with you know they're swooping down things and it's so overwhelming I definitely the first Broadway show had to be Cats because I remember seeing that at the Winter Garden Theater the same thing it was immersive and that was huge and we had the soundtrack like that had to be it and it's just so mind-blowing I remember that got me so excited about like that feeling of of like what a theater performance can feel like and how much you can feel a part of it Ooh, so that was my first biggie yeah, for me, it's like, I mean, I definitely saw touring things yeah. when I was younger of like Les Mis and right. Phantom and things like that. But the actual, I think I think the first time I went to New York, I was in, I think, high school mm-hmm. with my family. And I saw three shows when I was there, so I don't know technically what yeah. was first because I don't remember the order. But we saw a uh, funny thing happened on the way to the forum with David Allen Oh, I saw Titanic, the musical. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Which had great set design. That's about all you can say for <laughs> Michael Surveys. Too many bears. Some people. <laughs> and then one of the nights we all decided to we all couldn't agree. So my parents went and saw Greece. My brother went and saw Phantom and I went and saw Miss Saigon. Oh, wow. You made the right choice. You were in Miss Saigon, weren't you? No. No, you were in Les Mis. Weren't no. you? Didn't you have I some weird touring part? Oh, that's what it but, is. But, uh, yeah. So I think it was those three on that trip. I think Forum was probably first. Which so one did you like the most? Um, out of those three? Yeah. Titanic. Titanic was cool. Like the set <laughs> yeah. design was crazy cool. So I think that one was like a little like, ooh, but I think mm. I was most entertained by Forum. Right. Because like Dave Ellinger was really funny in it. And, but I had known that show already. So it's not like I. Right. Right. It's like a first time seeing kind of thing. And Titanic was a brand new musical. Yeah. So yeah, probably those. Props to the theater. <laughs> well, all right. Let's do my questions. 
Uh, since you are... He's cooked up something special for you, right. brother. Okay. You, uh, since you're a, a big music nut, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Don't some of your favorite... Don't call him a nut. Some of your favorite... <laughs> uh, you're an insane music guy. Uh, and some of your favorite... You're a serial music <laughs> listener. Some of your you favorite freak. movies have to do with, uh, pseudo-bands, fake bands created mm-hmm. for the screen. So what we're gonna do is a game called Fake Bands. I'm gonna give you a list of Great fictitious title. bands, and you need to tell me the movie they're from. Okay. So if I said Spinal Tap, this mm-hmm. is Spinal Tap. Got 15 of these. We might not do all 15. We'll see how these go. Okay. Uh, number one, Citizen Dick. Citizen Dick is uh, in singles. Yes. Check. Matt Dillon's band. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, The Swanky Modes. The Swanky Modes is tape heads. Ding. We love The Swanky Modes. <laughs> uh, number three, Big Fun. Big Fun is Heather's. Ding. Cool. Uh, number four, this is a really easy one, Wild Stallions. Wild Stallions, Bill and Ted's excellent Ding. adventure. They do get better. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, number five. This is, might be kind of tough. Yeah. Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Oh, that's in That Thing You Do. There you go. Whoa, you were so good. And uh, and I believe uh, Barry, the great Barry Sobel is in that scene playing a character named Goofball. Oh, yep. yep it's true. You're totally right. <laughs> I was like, first I was just going to do the O'Neaters. The O'Neaters, yeah. But then I was like, oh, I love Steve Zahn's Captain <laughs> Uh, number six, Crucial Taunt. Oh, Crucial Taunt is, uh, oh, fuck. I know that it's going to drive me nuts because you're going to say the name of it and I'm going to know. Party on. Oh, it's, uh, is it one of the, like, bands that's listed when, uh, with Farley and, uh, Wayne's World? It is in Wayne's World. It's actually Cassandra's Bing. band. It's Cassandra's band. It's okay. Crucial Taunt. The it's other not bands the are like Beatles. the shitty Beatles. Yeah. They, they suck. suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number seven, The Lone Rangers. The Lone Rangers. I don't know that one. It's not a very memorable movie. Uh, it's from Airheads. Oh, from Airheads, right. They, Joe Montana has that line about like, well, you're not exactly alone. There are three of you. <laughs> uh, number- That's a great movie. That's an underrated <laughs> it's, it's movie. It's fun. Yeah, it kind of holds up. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. Oh, that's uh, Back to the Future. Bing. Your cousin Marvin? Marvin, Marvin Berry. Uh, number nine, Sex Babam. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, every year that there's Coachella is announced, I've tweeted this like three years in a row. I was just like boycotting Coachella because sex bomb on the line. Nice. Uh, number 10, sexual chocolate. Coming to America. Cool. Ding. You are we'll, good at we'll this game. <laughs> you are uh, so good at this game. Number 11, the Hong Kong Cavaliers. Hong Kong Cavaliers, I don't know. Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, do you know what? I've never seen Buckaroo Banzai, and I know that Greg Proops just showed it at Cine Family. Yeah, he did. That and and I, I, I was like, I didn't get to go, but I, I put it on Netflix because, like, how have I never seen it's, that? I haven't an, seen it either. Movie. I know. It's crazy. It looks insane. It's it looks nuts. like something that yeah. I should see, and you I should have seen see a long it. time ago. And it yeah. doesn't all work, but it's just it's yeah. Just a weird, I gotta watch that cool movie. Uh, number twelve, The Mystery. The Mystery. I um I have no idea, uh, it, but, but I do respect the pickup artist. Uh, it does. It has a very early Julia Roberts in it. Oh, is that satisfaction? It is satisfaction. Bing with uh, uh, Justine Bateman. Justine Bateman. I'm so excited for you. You're killing yeah. this game. <laughs> yep, number thirteen, Ming T. Ming T is Austin Powers. Bing. Nice. Matthew Sweet and uh, yeah, Susanna Hoffs. Susanna Hoffs. Uh, number 14, Hey, That's My Bike. Hey, That's My Bike is Reality Bites. Bing. Indeed. <laughs> and number 15. I feel like you need to get money for this. We have to pay him. <laughs> I know. And number 15, Love Burger. Love Burger? They don't I actually bet I sound play. They this talk one. about playing a lot in this movie, but they never actually play. And that band is comprised of Breckenmeyer and Donald Faison. 
Breckenmeyer and Donald Faison? Is it? Was, I, it would have to be Can't Hardly Wait. It would yep. be Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> wow. Well wow. done. Now it's time well for done. my questions, okay. which are a little more intense. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? I have not. I've never met Are you kidding twin. me? I know. You've met every single... We were just having this bizarre conversation about... You were there the night... I David think, Blaine I think swept I saw Fiona it Apple off I, her feet. It was like uh, <laughs> the Howard Stern private parts like premiere. Obviously. Movie. Yeah. Um, I worked at K-Rock at the time. Though, and, and there was a big to-do about Marilyn Manson was there on a date with Fiona Apple. And, and David Blaine sort of swooped in and then they went out for a while. Yeah. Fiona Apple and David Blaine. And David Blaine like... Like I know he's David Blaine, but he's kind of cool. That guy, like I don't doubt that. Like I, well, you he, said you saw him levitate. Yeah, is he, that for real? Yeah, he, he we were just out, and he would he really levitated. And then I went to see him. Me and oh my like my friend went to see him when he was buried under a block of ice. I remember that. And it was he waved to us with recognition, like "Oh, hi, you guys. I know it's you." And that. He was really under a block. I don't Wait, know. Wait, how the, did he levitate? What does it look like? He I've read of, a lot of Roll Doll, and there's some stuff he about turns that. Turns to the side and just sort of floats about four inches off the ground. I don't know. Holy how he did shit! It. And it nuts. wasn't in a show. No, this was in a nightclub. Oh my gosh! It's like who uh, would not be swept off their feet by a man who can float? Did you? Right? Look, did you? Look I would up? go out with was any he man. Had to like four hundred helium. Yes, he was. <laughs> Do not look up when he's saying he's like, just watch my feet. <laughs> he climbs no, he a little was, rope. <laughs> he's like a really, you know, like, he's an illusionist. And some, but that's not an illusion, right? I don't know. I think. Well, I think there's some things he does that are not illusions that are straight up, you know, floating. I think and a party or him being buried under a thing. Like, no, he's really there. He's really doing it. It's, and he's and, put and physical he's, training it's an into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he uses his illusion one and two. <laughs> that guy. You won. You won the game. Ding, 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 ding. Right. Okay, next. Uh, but no, I've never met an Olsen twin. I'm really upset about that. Me too. I thought for sure. Yeah, no. Oh, damn. Okay, uh, True Blood. You can have any two characters make a baby together. Who do you pick? Oh, any two. Ca- um, oh, you know what'd be great? This is this is going to be an insane answer. Uh, Steve Newland and Jessica, because <gasps> Jessica. imagine the fights. Oh, like if they like, I know he's very into Stackhouse now. Yeah, but like, imagine if, oh, if my Jessica and Steve Newland, like the arguments over the kids and her being and like, how they were going to raise can, them. Wait, can vampires get pregnant? I, I mean, Twilight, Twilight says yes. Yeah. <laughs> They say oh, you mean the... Uh, she wasn't turned the, yet, though, when she got pregnant. The pro-life infomercial that is Twilight <laughs> Breaking Dawn. Good Lord. I, I, after that, I was just like wanted to tell tweets like, hey, you, kids, you know it's okay to get an abortion. You can do that. Just letting you know. That was, just because it wasn't right for Bella doesn't that mean... was shocking to me what that, that movie was. It, was a, it is an infomercial oh. for uh, pro-life. It's like... I've never thought of it like that. It's insane. It's insane. Oh. Well, um, I agree with you. I was going to pick Jessica and anyone. I love Jessica. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she's so beautiful. And she's like her character through the series. I think she's one of the people that's gotten better and better and yeah. better and yeah. more interesting. So good. And in the last episode, I was really impressed with her. She, okay. It's the best. Next. <laughs> um, a wizard sentences you, because you made him angry, mm-hmm. to either being haunted by Dick Clark forever or after you die, you have to spend nine years haunting um, Ryan Seacrest. Oh, I definitely want to. I would. I would haunt Ryan Seacrest now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, 
Seacrest. <laughs> How are you? He's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm a ghoul. <laughs> are you spooked? <laughs> out yet? I would do that yeah. now. How much? I'd be the great. That'd be the greatest. Like uh, nine movie. year gig. Like a like a documentary crew follows me around as I just bother Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> you will be visited by three ghosts. You Seacrest, have to all of which look shackles. like me. <laughs> They are me. Totally do that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. You had a quick answer for that. Yeah. Okay, I heard you're playing a new character on Breaking Bad this season that throws Walter White's universe into turmoil. Tell us more. Yes, uh, I am uh, a friend of Jesse's mm. that comes back around. Jesse's from when he was junkie yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I'm actually, I know Jesse from recovery meetings. We're both Whoa. in uh, AA now. Mm-hmm. So I know him from AA. Uh, but just because I'm in AA does not mean that my life is in order at all. My life is actually – I'm like way more fucked up than Walter White. Uh-oh. But I'm sober. So it's sort of like – it's sort of like Giancarlo Esposito's character. I'm very measured and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have family money. I have big family money. So I actually agree to in, you know, invest, invest. – and and get them cooking again because you know it's all yeah. been thrown into turmoil. Yeah. So I get them cooking again, and I can't tell you any more than that. Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> I'm tuning in. I wish any of that was true. I'm not an actor at all, but Jesus Christ, what I, I would like, be the best. I think you would any, own that. Yo, Mr. Any? White, this is my friend Jake. He's been haunting Ryan's secret. <laughs> I got a lot of family not money now, Jesse. <laughs> Uh, I fucking love Breaking Bad. I'm so, like, July 15th. July 15th. I know. It's I too we'll far back. away. It's still too it's far like away. Two weeks. It's like, Though they're breaking they're it into two seasons. they're only doing six episodes, right? No. It's got to be nine. Doing, it's, it's like eight and eight, I think. Yeah, eight like and eight. It's okay. like they're doing eight now and then they're doing eight can't. next summer. And, and then it's over. Now? No, they're going to like take a break. They're going to take a break. I think it's like... Everyone needs to stretching take a break. one season into two yeah. seasons, yeah. really, because people love it so much they don't they want to try to maximize oh, that. So don't good. go away, you show you. Okay. Um, this is your last question, and it's probably the best one I've ever written. Okay. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, I went over it, and I didn't get positive feedback. But I think it's a very interesting question. I think it's very clever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather have an alien encounter... Or go back in time and see any presidential assassination. Wow. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd rather have an alien encounter. I don't want to watch anyone yeah. get shot. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, th- th- that's just, that would, interesting. And, and an interesting alien encounter choice. would be like, uh, you know, you don't get to control it. You could get probed. You could get. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Why is, it, why, is it, why is everybody always like, oh, I don't want to get alien pro-. Like, that kind of sounds hot. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> you get dragged down a cement hallway like in Fire in the Sky. Oh, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I get, I get badly scraped. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think that uh, I do like the idea of being able to go back in time and, and, and see stuff that I missed. I, that, but not an assassination. But I don't want to see an assassination. I don't. I, I just because like uh, what a bummer! I already had to relive uh, the JFK assassination in the new Lana Del Rey music video. So, oh, have you seen no. that? Oh, what? Oh, it's insane! It's uh, it's. Lana Please Del Rey. don't tell me that's really what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the new Lana Del Rey video for yeah. National Anthem is a, is a is it's it's insane and it's kind of amazing. Nice. I like how angry it makes. I like how angry she makes people. And it's like it's fine, whatever. It's Lana Del Rey. Speaking of presidential assassination, best line in April. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. It's towards the end. He's trying to find his hat. And then Mary Todd, to Mary Elizabeth Winston outside goes, 
Abraham, come on, we'll be late for the theater. Oh, <laughs> that's not going to end well. We're <laughs> <laughs> setting up here. But wow. Come on. Oh man. Does he, is there any sort of pun on four score and seven years ago? He gives that speech, but he just gives that. Speech. He just gives that speech. But of course, vampires fight in Gettysburg. Jesus. For the okay. South. Enough. That's some bullshit. Enough already. Back off. Vampire hunter. And no more historical mashups. <laughs> I'm drawing a line. <laughs> That's such a slap in the face to everybody that wrote really good literature. I'm going to rip off everything good you did and add in some fucking crazy shit. And then all these nerds are going to buy it. And it's going to get a rebirth. But it's not... I tried to read Prime Prejudice and Zombies. You guys, it's not good. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like a funny idea with a funny cover. I thought it was just a cover going around. It's a book. <laughs> it's a, a, a full-on book. Like 400 <laughs> pages that you got to get through. I mean, I'm working on a script now. It's about the Hindenburg disaster, but it's actually full of werewolves. Oh, you guys, that's cool. You're going to love no, it. that's cool. It's so good. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Jake. absolutely. It was a blast. Uh, people can follow you on the Twitter in several different incurrences. <laughs> uh, they can yeah. actually follow you. You're just at Jake Fogelness. At Jake Fogelness on Twitter. And then jakefogelness.com is Tumblr. Yeah. I paid for a domain name. Go, boy. Yeah, I got there 12 you bucks go. a year. <laughs> no biggie. You can follow the podcast on there, too, at PMC Podcast. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. Thank you guys for listening. Mwah. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>